Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. Yeah. That's a nice one. That sounds like we're going on an adventure. Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. Yeah. It's our boy band rendition. Oh, dang. Actually, welcome welcome to the real world, she said to me, condescendingly. You know that tune? Oh, yeah. John Mayer. Welcome to the real world, part five. Part cinco. (laughs) Oh, that's a funny joke. What do you call five challengers in quicksand in Mexico? (laughs) No, four challengers. What? Cuatro cinco. It's, it's four. Fresh. I messed it up. It's four challenges. <laughs> you totally but I, butchered the Because we did do challenges in Mexico, so that's a funny joke. This is uh, our the final, ugh, final, final part. Final. Oh, and you know what? We've saved the best for last, didn't we? And unlike TJ, this will not be the longest, hardest final ever. <laughs> oh my God, I'm about to lose it. Uh, <laughs> Just for good measure, I went back and I watched the him announcing... Um, our final, yeah, because I I was really curious to know what peak I climbed, yeah, and I'm like, how how, how, yeah, how, yeah, how sure. tall was that really, yeah, and then he said, this is going to be the, the hardest, hardest challenge, challenge in history, and then he said, you'll be climbing the highest peak in challenge history, and he was right. I looked it up, oh. and it sure, <laughs> I thought it, you were going to expose. The no, truth. no, it really was. And then I also looked it up, and it was rated as an extremely di- like extreme difficulty. And the suggested time to do the climb in nine and a half hours. I think Johnny and I did it in maybe three. Oh my god, that's terrible. And Sarah revealed on a Q and A recently that she lost three toenails on the descent. Three toenails coming down. Yeah, because we are climbing. Oh my god. We started the the show in uh, Haco, Mexico, mm-hmm. where it's five bajillion degrees outside. Sure. So Under Armour gives us these awesome shoes that are all mesh on the top and are really breathable. Oh, you're and kidding. They didn't give you new shoes for the freaking snow? They do not give you new shoes the whole time. So I did the final in those breathable mesh, mesh shoes I'm surprised that, you lost Mex- toenails. I'm surprised you didn't lose toes. Ugh. And then you just slip. You slide forward the whole time. Plus, they're all stretched. It just is all bad. All right, Sarah. That's enough complaining. Right. Um, but actually, it's just the beginning. It because is. today's episode, that was challenge talk, but it really is the final in our series on the real world. We didn't have any idea it was going to be a five-parter. No idea, but there was so much to talk about. There was a lot to talk about, and we are finally going to get to the interview that we did with Scott Paskoff, who is a really nice guy and a producer of the show, who um, agreed to come on the show after talking to Sarah on Twitter about the New York Times article that featured a story on Preston, who is from the New Orleans real world, and he went from the show to being homeless for two years. And what what made that article so interesting to me was that people were surprised. Because mm-hmm. when I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes right. sense. And me too. I was like, God, I know a whole bunch of people who... And the, it, it started a conversation about, well, you know, a lot of people that go on the show are you know, kind of crazy and do wild things. So, yeah, some of them are going to end up having some hard times. But what I want to reinforce is that what Preston did on the real world New Orleans was he took the toothbrush of his roommate and put it in the toilet, cleaned the toilet with it, like 
peed on it, I think. Then the guy roommate used it for two uh, weeks. Oh. Got an infection. <gasps> he got an infection? And then oh ca- he God. found out, called the police, <sighs> file, filed a, you know, a report of this incident. And so then what oh we have God. is a prank or a whatever you'd want to call that. Why didn't where should intervene in? Why didn't who intervene? Production intervene. Well, they did. Are you when, kidding? No, they they intervened when Chet thought it would be a good idea to put Visine in Devin's drink, like on the movie in Wedding Crashers, and it gives you like diarrhea and makes you vomit. And they were like, "You can't do that because that is very dangerous." And they intervened and were like, "You can't do that." Well, I don't know why they didn't intervene, and I'm actually surprised they intervened with Chet. Jesus. Um, or Chet or Ryan or JD, one of the guys. I don't want to throw Chet into the bus. The, what, what, what is kind of a – it's totally inappropriate to do with a toothbrush. Right, totally. And, you know, bad judgment, really offensive, really yes. dangerous. Yes. But not unlike what a million people do in their frat houses every week, and that that doesn't become Googleable. Right. So – this guy did something on television oh that then becomes Googleable and then makes him basically unhireable. Yeah. And we talk about that with Scott, and he says, well, nobody forced him to, to do that. Right, that's absolutely true. But not everybody has the same um, advantages with good judgment and good you know, growing up experiences where you learn... And furthermore, which I think is the more important point, is that if let's say you're a high risk person, you're a person perhaps as Preston is of color, and also um, he's a, a gay guy, and he knows because we all know from watching the show that by doing something like that, mm-hmm. outrageous, mm-hmm. he has a greater chance mm-hmm. of being rehired by Buna Murray mm-hmm. to do a challenge. It's incentivized. Yeah, and it's it's a good. It, he's almost asking for job security. Right. I was just going to say it's it's job security to do that. So and it did in fact land him on challenges. And so I feel that by saying, well, of course nobody forced you to do that, is absolving you mm-hmm. of the true scenario in which bad behavior becomes a calling card for future shows and and <sighs> potential earnings for somebody who might think. They don't have any opportunity otherwise. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I totally agree. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So I am currently in the midst of preparing an article about these stories. And I cannot believe, I can, but I can't believe how many people there are who have gone on the show, legally changed their name. (gasps) Are you kidding me? No. Who have, oh my god, this is a bigger deal than I even ever thought it was. Yeah, because Sue's. this person that I'm thinking of changed their name because they were trying to get work. Didn't do anything crazy on the show or right. anything, but just knew that in their line of work it would not be advantageous. Mm-hmm. So this person changed their name. 
Mm-hmm. I know somebody who paid to have Google scrubbed mm-hmm. of their mugshot mm-hmm. because that was becoming a problem. They, I've had people who said they went on eight interviews and seven companies said, we can't hire you because you were on the real world. Mm. And the, Oh, my God. I'm, but oh. this is all to say not <sighs> let's whine about these shows because they're no, all not in trouble. That. And we're not saying take them away either. Mm-mm. We're just saying provide people with the information and let the that let them know it really needs to be delivered in a way that's not just on a 400 page contract and like here it's signed it's somewhere between the pages it says <laughs> oh maybe somewhere in here you might have some mental problems it's mm-hmm. a, it's so subtle and you're flipping through those at 18 how many con- 100 plus page contracts have you read yeah zero uh, Who read, okay, that's like saying, why don't you just read your iTunes policy, too? Make sure you read that line by line. <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. Yeah, and if you don't check the box, you can't go on iTunes. And in this case, if you don't check the box, you can't go on this show. And so, Who's going to give that up? Well, when you have no money and you're looking at this as like, and also you weren't able to get the job from the previous season, so now this is your only option, is to sign up and go on this because... You need money and you need it fast. Another point of contention for me and something that I want to uh, emphasize is that many of the people that produce the shows, uh, uh, down from PAs all the way to the top, return season after season because they, for whatever reason, they enjoy the environment, the mm-hmm. camaraderie, the way that the shows are produced. They feel comfortable with uh, MTV and Buna Murray. And that's awesome and super cool that so many people really enjoy creating the shows. But what they mistake is that because so many cast members return, that they are returning for the same reasons. Right. That they, oh, it's a great environment. It's nothing oh, fun. Say, oh, my God. Wow. But that's not the case. Right, because their experience is totally separate. And they can't even comprehend the same way... You can't understand childbirth. Like, uh, yes. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yep. 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 Perfect example. Perfect. You can you can conceptualize. Yes. You can hear stories. You can go. God, that sounds awful. I that you don't know. Well, and so we shouldn't Woo! assume that just because cast members keep coming back, that the reason that they're doing it is just because it's a barrel of laughs. Some people are doing it because they have nothing, no other options, right. and because they're in a trap of a cycle mm-hmm. wherein. They go, then they are Googleable. They can't get a job, so they have to oh. come back. And then they go back, and then they do something stupid or whatever, and it goes on and on. I'll tell you, when I shared this, I'm doing a research methods project on this for school, and when I presented this project to my class of 40 marriage and family therapy students, they were outraged. What part? What are they all right? They said, "What do you mean they don't give you any sort of resources like, at all?" Yeah, they, yeah. What do you mean they don't give you like a, they don't talk to you afterwards? They don't give you a debriefing. That's what they all kept saying. What do you mean they don't debrief you? What do you mean mm-hmm. they don't? You mean they just that's it? Yes, that's it. And then they all were saying hands shot up, and they were like. I heard this guy on uh, 
Top, or uh, on Hell's Kitchen just commit suicide last week. I heard this person, uh, like, I'm good friends with somebody who was on Survivor, and after they were on Survivor, they weren't even a main character, but they had a huge drinking problem, and they ended up in rehab. Like, mm-hmm. And it was, they absolutely say it was triggered because of that experience. And these are people, just normies in my class, who have um, a little bit of an understanding of the human condition and of how... Uh, people of uh, vulnerable populations and they all labeled this as a vulnerable population mm-hmm. because of their situation. So a lot of people that listen and probably especially crew members that might hear this would say, quit your bitching. Right. Like, okay, cry me a river. You got a bunch of money to go do fun things in cool, interesting places for free. Mm-hmm. W- what are you complaining about exactly? Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to say I personally I'm not complaining. I have had so many blessings mm-hmm. that have come directly from the show, including my husband, my son, um, some jobs here and there, uh, the, the article that I'm writing uh, that I feel really lucky to, to be writing. There are definitely good things that can come from it. But my experience is the, of that of a white, mm-hmm. blonde, right. perky virgin who went on the show. Right. So <gasps> yes. that's not the same for everybody. And I happen to be in a, in a group that wouldn't really suffer right. in those right. same ways. Now, I have had bad things happen too, but I feel like it's a mixed bag. And I'm just speaking to both experiences, that I've had good things come from it. And there are also these really traumatic things that can happen and that we shouldn't ignore the bad things just because some good can come too. And if anything, because we have those resources, I feel it's almost our duty because we know what we know about people who go through these experiences without that support system, it's, it would, it, I feel like, um, it would be wrong of me to not speak out on this and not speak out for others and have a voice for people who just kind of get cast aside because they don't have a podcast. That's an interesting phraseology. Cast aside. Oh my God, you're That's right. That's the title of my article. Is it really? Yeah. Sue's, it's like we share a brain sometimes. <laughs> right? And I we, could have we said learned, anything. We learned last episode we are vag twins. Yep. And also brain twins. Yep. God, it's, it's like we're thing. meant to be. It really gets me choked up a bit. <laughs> well, don't cry. Uh, you know, the, the thing is that I just feel like the conversation is important, especially yes. now that there are so many cast members. Um, I personally think Real World is winding down. I do too. But uh, in my uh, lit review, I found out that in 2016, guess how many reality major network reality shows there were? Hmm. Guess. Oh, guess how many reality shows major are major network? We're not counting the little, like the... The cable ones? Yes. Okay. So this is just like ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox? But also, I think it's all it's all cable networks. Oh, but it's all it's not. It's prime time. Oh, it's prime not. Time. It's all prime time. That's it. Gosh. Prime time, not you know something little during the day. But oh my god, prime time reality shows in just 2016. 150. 750. 750. I can give you the ref the resource if okay. people don't That's believe me. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. Let's just say casually there are ten people in a seat. Ten people, mm-hmm. seven thousand five hundred people. 
in one year. Right. If there were now, 7, some of those fi- might be just one episode, right. you know, like they're on right. House Hunters one time. Right. It's a little different. But still, right. there are hundreds of people that are recurring. That this but is also, their- I, th- I also think you can't even say that might be one time with one person because what is that experience like for that one person? What if they went on House Hunters and how they got the couple got into an argument and that was on television? There's this feeling when you walk down the street of... Everybody knows my. Everybody's seeing every part of me, and they're going to recognize that I'm a weak person. And they're like, and you're like walking around with this awkward social anxiety that's brand new. And so, even on those one-off, you know, I was just a guest on whatever show. I really feel like there may even be something in there that sticks with those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's unusual still in the general population to have your face on television. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Well. If you are going to have your body on television, <laughs> this <laughs> yeah, is a man. horrible uh, segue. Um, as many or if you of, just have a body. Yeah, right. <laughs> as many of you know, Sarah forced me to start exercising because she was like, hey, nice mom bod. <laughs> what no. if? What if that's what I said? <laughs> that would be great. No, I like to think that you were just so jealous of every day me walking up the stairs and going, oh, I'm so sore. That you were like, I got to know what she's talking about. <laughs> uh, Sarah and I both decided to try Beach Body on Demand, and now I'm like a missionary. <laughs> I'm on a mission <laughs> to get everyone to do it with me because I'm having so much fun. Um, and because it's basically like Netflix for fitness, you can choose whatever kind of video you want that day. I've been having migraines lately, so I've been doing more yoga, yes, trying to like get great. sort that crap out. Ugh. But whatever day, whatever you're feeling, you can choose that video. And um, if you text brain candy, all one word, to 303030, you get 30 days free membership with. Um, Beach Body on Demand. You get access to everything. Yeah, you get access to everything. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. And if you just want to feel stronger, and you, that way you don't have bod. to go on a challenge. Right. Yeah, ditch your mom bod or CT. He has his dad, dad bod, bod, his little dottie. Did you see that um, MTV, the challenge, like Twitter, their official Twitter, did a hashtag dad bod? And I was like, and it was the day after I we saw, did ours. I did see that on CT's Instagram bio, it says hashtag dad bod. Oh, so maybe he is like embracing. I thought I was going to give us all the credit for coming <laughs> up with that. I was like, we were definitely the only ones to notice that. You're I right. mean, if you like your dad bod, you can keep it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like you said, you don't want to be like skinny fat. No, I want to be strong and you I want to be strong. Yeah. So I've been doing it. So text- can, look, CT may have a dad bod, but he's still strong. Yeah. He would probably do beach yeah. body. Text Maybe not uh, brain candy, all one word, to 303030 for 30 free days. Um, but listen, so we've, without further ado, yeah, let's finally get the voice of the other side. Yes. He is, he did um, Inferno 3, which was in South Africa, and then I was on, and he did what of yours? Uh, Battle oh, of the Seasons. Oh, Battle of the Seasons. Mm-hmm. And he is a tremendous producer, very good at what he does. He creates really good game games for the yes. shows. Um, and he knows the backside haha, of the challenge and can maybe give us their point of view of like what they think of us spoiled brats I complaining wait. about being on TV. Yep. So let's welcome Mr. Scott Paskoff. Okay. Scott Paskoff, welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. I cannot believe 
that we have, we're crossing the, the line right That's now. That's right, the fourth wall, <laughs> broken down, shattered. Welcome to the to, show. I'm happy to partake. Well, when you and Sarah recently were chatting on Twitter and Sarah was like, hey, you should come on the show, I did not think you would say yes. What made you say yes? Well, you know, I love uh, the challenge. I, I love working with you guys when we did work together. Um, and, you know, it's a family. So I'm part of the family. You're part of the family. Uh, and uh, I would never say no to a family member, um, first of all. Um, no, no, truth be told, yeah, no, I, um, I, I, I don't know why I would say no. I, you know, I'm happy to be a part of it and, uh, and happy to share, you know, my experiences and, and have a great, you know, educational uh peaceful civil dialogue about it well we're so excited because we know not only are we interested in your point of view but our listeners are going to be so happy because Mm -hmm. first of all they're probably sick of us let's face it but also you offer a totally different point of view that um i think is needed so and rarely heard right because you guys are always busy working Mm -hmm. and you don't always come on podcasts and say, hey, shut up, Sarah, your dumb <laughs> tweets. Okay, so when this whole started, Sarah was tweeting about the New York Times article about Preston from The Real World who experienced homelessness after his season. We were sort of advocating for aftercare and help for folks on the shows. And you, what was your position about Sarah's tweet? Did you feel upset? No, not at all. I mean, listen, I think there is a responsibility in some way, shape or form, you know, to just to make sure that people are are, you know, taken care of. But, yeah, I just feel like it might be sometimes too one sided. You know, I think I think that there's an opportunity, uh, you know, that that is created um, Mm -hmm. by production companies for anybody who might be on TV, you know, from scripted TV to reality TV. Um, And. And, you know, again, it's, it's, it, it works two ways. You know, I, I think there's no, you know, people should not be ignoring uh, those in need and those that are destitute. But on the flip side, you know, um, if, if they can't tap into the good, um, why should they also be responsible to tap into, you know, the, the unfortunate or the bad? So I think that was more my position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that production companies by any means should turn their backs um, on their cast or, or their talent. Um, um, but but again, I think it's a two way street. I mean, I think you know, if somebody went on to a you know a giant career, as a result, on the flip side of it, you know, um, would they would they turn their back on the production company or would they have their hand out? You know, all the same. And okay. I think that's really that's where I where where I come from on that side of it. What is? Did you have something you wanted to ask, Sarah? Well, I think you almost have to go backwards and look at it from the top down rather than the bottom up, and I think you have to. First ask, do you believe that these individuals know what they're getting into when they go, when they sign up to do reality television? I do hear that a lot from people like, wait, oh, there you are. That, um, you know, people will say about the cast, come on, you yeah. knew what you're getting. What do you think, Scott? Right. Well, I think, you know, I, well, obviously it's evolved over time, right? From day one to now. Yeah. Um, I think the, the evolution of it, um, is such that um, people know a lot more maybe today than they did you know years ago, but but I you know I also feel like you know the the processes and the procedures and the protocols are in place um, 
for all those questions and expectations to be managed and answered. Um, and ultimately, you know, uh, what, it, what are the expectations? When, when you ask that question, um, is there something that the talent slash cast member on the other side of it um, is thinking or has an expectation uh, of something that um, might not be fulfilled or falls short? of their expectation. I think that's sort of where it starts too. Um, hmm. you know, what's the responsibility of the production company in terms of expectations? And then what's the responsibility of the, of the adult individual who's signing up and going through this process, um, to, to ask all the questions. So they're prepared properly as well. I, again, I, I, I think it's a two way street now, now granted, listen, talent and, and, and cast are super important, you know, to these shows they're, they, they create the narrative and, and, and provide the content, you know, for them. Um, but I wonder if some of the expectations might be like uh, a little skewed on their part and, and they're not necessarily vetting as much as they should be as well as hmm. maybe uh, the production companies are vetting, uh, you know, for them on their behalf. What is it like whenever you're producing a show mm-hmm. and from your point of view, when you're dealing with the cast, is it a sense of, these people are kind of should feel grateful that they got this big fun adventure or is it a sense of like, I don't know, just sort of they fit the suit, do the job and then send them home. Or are they coworkers? Are they, cause you're all working on the, technically the same job. Yeah. What's it like yeah. from your point of view? Like when you're, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, well, I think, you know, again, that's, that's, it's a two, three or, or, you know, a quad, you know, a fold answer. Um, I think they're coworkers first of all, because we're all in this together, you know, and, and, you know, talent, truth be told, you know, no, no matter what level we're at again, Talent, you know, reigns supreme. You know, I'm a producer. I could be replaced. No one's going to know I'm missing, you know. But uh, but if we're halfway through a show and, you know, the entire cast revolts and leaves, um, you know, it's 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 much more difficult to replace those people, uh, you know, in episode six when you have ten episodes to shoot. So we're certainly co-workers. Um, but, you know, um, for me, when, I'm, when we're working with talent, it's, it's you know, I, I think that there is certainly an opportunity for people to come on TV and, and to present themselves uh, and, and create an opportunity for themselves beyond uh, that specific show. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not like a plug and play thing. Like, okay, we're just going to use you for what we need. Um, again, I, I, I think it's, it, it works both ways. Um, and if I'm off course a little bit, please pull me back on track because I, I, I definitely want to make sure I answer the question properly. Um, but, but no, the truth is um, I, I think it's important you know, to respect the talent, obviously, and 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 make sure that you know um, that they they know. You know, when when I have talent come onto a show, I always try to manage the expectations of what we're looking for. Um, and of course, the comfort level is important. You know, I mean, I could give you one example. It's not a competition show, um, but I, I created a show that's currently on HGTV called Tiny Luxury, um, and and it's it's quite a it's quite a great show. It's a great family. Um, and initially the talent was a little bit, you know, um, uh, they were, I don't want to say suspect, but they were a little bit skeptical, you know, Mm -hmm. like, do we, do we want to do this? And, and the, the answer was, Hey, listen, let's, let's, let's go down the path together, you know, as coworkers, as if I may, let's go down this path together. And at any point you feel like you're not interested or it's, it's straying the line that you're willing to walk or straying the path that you're willing to walk. Um, let's have that conversation. You know, we want to stay as organic and authentic to you 
and your brand uh, as possible. So, um, so they, they gave us, you know, the six months to, to get the show out there. Uh, and now, you know, season two or season three, you know, almost 50 episodes later, they're still on the air. Um, and, and it was great. Um, you know, I told them straight up from day one, like, Hey, you know, you might not get totally rich off, off this, you know, season one, but I will tell you that, uh, you know, if this goes the way I expect it to go, um, you know, business will be booming and, and you guys, um, you know, will will be very happy about everything that's happening and that's all come true, you know? So, um, so, you know, I think again, there's a little bit of managing expectations from beginning, so people don't have this grandiose idea of what this is going to be and, yeah. and what they're signing up for. And, and, then, and then it falls short of that or falls flat of that because then you're setting people up for failure um, without them even knowing it, per se. Um, and, and, yeah, I, th- I think that's the, an important part of this process is from the beginning, you know, to have that open dialogue of, hey, what are you expecting out of this? Yeah. Um, and right. let me manage that a little bit. So, you know, and also there's also a lot of staff from, you know, from psychologists and doctors and, and, and um, you know, professionals who um, who are available and typically um, are available in the early stages and, and, and after the fact for cast members to talk to, um, you know, should they have the need or, or, or the desire. I, did you guys have that as well when you were on the shows? That did not happen no. until later, I think, at least okay. for, like, the real world. I know for some seasons they had psychologists and stuff um, yeah. available. Most shows, most shows do now, not to mention background checks and psych evaluations and all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't get any. I slipped through the cracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't make it now. They'd be like, this one's a loose been- cannon. <laughs> Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, well, I, I will say that just just for just to inform listeners and everyone out there that the quote unquote psych evaluations that they do, they administer the MMPI. It's a very specific, the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, and that mm-hmm. is an inventory that's supposed to flag mm-hmm. for uh, dangerous personality types that have mm-hmm. dissociative personality disorders or things that would put a cast and crew in danger. That mm-hmm. per, that inventory, the inventory that we are administered, and I had been administered six times and sat in this office <laughs> and done this six times now with the same guy and had long discussions about why we do this and things like that, does not give any information about how the individual will experience this very experimental environment. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so all that inventory really does is it almost serves as a kind of a legal document that says we've made sure that none of these individuals are red flags. Like if somebody were to just go crazy and kill everybody in the middle of the night, they can say, well, they took the MMPI so we, it, this you is, feel like it's yes, just covering it's like, their ass? Yes, the same way 
like a therapist would be covered if they assessed for uh, you know, suicidality, as long as they assessed for it and there's the paper and the documents, then they can't press charges and say that it was malpractice. So those are the kind of things. So as somebody who took those tests, I didn't feel like that was as comprehensive. And it's the same guy who does The Biggest Loser, does Survivor. He does right. pretty much all the big ones. This on, poor guy. Yeah, poor guy yeah. is right. And, uh, you know, so... So I just feel like there could be another, there's just a gap. That's really what it is. I don't think that one person is not doing enough or, or like there's the intention to not take care of these individuals or there's the intention to, um, I don't know, exploit any psychopathologies. But I do think that there are people who are falling in this gap of not being, not being given the care, you know, there are types of individuals who go on there who have a lot of resources, who have a lot of, uh, who are highly resilient, and they go on to a show like, say, The Real World or Survivor, or the show that you are producing, and because of these resources and this resiliency, they're able to use it as a stepping stone mm-hmm. to go on to greater things, like Susie did, like I did, like a lot of the people who have done many, many seasons do. Sure. But there's another category of cast member who are going on possibly signing up for the real world because they don't have any other resources and they don't have resiliency and they don't have things in place. And I know I can name dozens of those people off the top of my head who, Mm -hmm. and those are, I think the ones, if we look at this from a place of like privilege, then yeah, all these people are getting a leg up. But if you look at those individuals who and are often the ones who are the most exploited for whatever it is. They're often the ones who are a minority or, a, you know, have some sort of dark secret or something that they're harboring. And you and, think you know, it's the production company's responsibility to handle that? I don't think it's the production company. I think that there needs to be a little more of an awareness. Like, I think that maybe we need further research. I think that if... A lot of times people just don't know. I think if the production companies were aware of this gap that maybe they would say, you know, maybe we should do some sort of debriefing where we should make it mandatory that everybody goes through just five sessions of, you know, with a therapist to say, let's just make sure that you have like your regular life in place and you know that if there's all this shit that comes out about you on social media, we can put some framework in place so it doesn't just destroy you when you don't have anything else. What do you think, Scott? Is that unreasonable? Yeah, yeah. I think, listen, I think, uh, you know, backing up a little bit, first off, I think that, um, and, I, and I, so, I know some of these uh, doctors and psychologists that work on some of these shows as well, obviously, you know, from my experience, um, I'd say, first of all, the track record is, is fantastic when you look at, you know, um, there, it, it, I think it's a smaller percentage of, of um, some bad seeds or some unfortunate incidences when you think about how many people sort of have come through the reality, you know, casting world and have been on television across the entire, you know, reality universe, uh, first and foremost. Um, but but to Sarah's point, yeah, I, I think, like you know, listen, maybe, uh, you know, there is a process. And, and, and by the way, you know, it, it's an evolving it's an evolving process, you know, as well, where. You know, we're always continuing to learn and try to better ourselves as producers and production companies. 
Um, and 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 uh, and this is certainly part of that. Where, you know, again, I think from the from the get go, from 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 the first, you know, casting session or first Skype call or whatever, you know, whatever that first interaction might be, um, that the expectations, um, you know, need to be managed. And maybe, you know, it's it's on the production companies not to expect the talent or, or cast member or, you know, person coming through who wants to be on TV to, to um, be, be, you know, responsible enough or knowledgeable enough to ask those questions. Um, so well, here's it, it might, you know, one it, dilemma, it, though. Like, it, it might fall on them to, to start asking those questions just to let them know, hey, this is what we have seen over the years of what, you know, could be the potential, you know, um, you know, um, downfalls as well as the potential, you know, uh, upswings, you know, the, the, this mm-hmm. is, you know, this is, the, this is the great, this is the great path that you could be on. And here are the examples. And by the way, here are some examples of, of, of some of the, you know, uh, the, the negativity or the downfalls of it and what we're trying to do now prior to, you know, um, either of these happening is to let you know, um, you know, that we're, we're here for you and we can put processes in place, um, for, you know, as, cause listen on the, on the flip side of it too, when, when people start experiencing great, uh, you know, whether wealth or, or success, um, you know, some of those same anxieties, uh, you know, come into play as well. Like, you know, oh my God, what do I do now? And I'm, I'm a paparazzi or, or, you know, there's so, so many people after me, I, I can't handle mm-hmm. all of this. Um, so you know, I think I think having those processes in place as early as possible, um, or at least to have the dialogue happening, um, so when when that comes up or or presents itself to these individuals, um, it, it's not the first time they're experiencing it or hearing about it. They, they they've had that conversation, or at least the start of that conversation. Before. Do you think those things are in place now? I think some are. I absolutely do. Um, you know, I think the vetting process and I think the casting process uh, is getting is getting more complex uh, and better. Um, but, you know, can I say uh, as a full blanket uh, across the industry that they're in place? I, and I can't because, you know, I only can go off of the experiences I've had and the companies I've worked for. Um, but, yes, I do feel like um, companies are getting better at it. And I'm sure there are companies out there that can can do better at it, you know. Um, so I think it's, 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 I think it's still a work in progress. I feel like the dilemma, though, will always be that, the the design is to make really good programming. They want, we all want television that's entertaining and interesting and compelling. And so there's a dissonance between that and encouraging somebody to behave properly on the real world. That would make really boring television. So even as a viewer, I see the problem where, for example, if we think about Preston in that New York Times article, Part mm-hmm. of the reason why he couldn't get a job is because his bad behavior on the show, I think he peed on a toothbrush, is Googleable. I'm sure there's lots of college guys that have made that sort of prank or horrible decision to do something like that, but it's not Googleable. And so Preston right. then became unhirable for whatever mm-hmm. type of job that he wanted. And that's a very specific problem on shows like that where you just think you're living your life sure you know people might see it sometime but you're certainly not thinking is some guy gonna google me for a job interview and if a producer were to say hey you put probably shouldn't act like that then you're sabotaging the narrative of the show and perhaps the ratings so that's a real problem well okay that's fair uh my question would be uh was that um incident perpetuated 
um, solely by his his doing and actions, or did some producer say go pee on a toothbrush? Because I would I would be <laughs> I, would, I would I I doubt I doubt that any <laughs> producer would would, would Never. do that. Right, of course not. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it's, it's the old adage of, you know, it, the, the, you know, it's, it's like personal cast, responsibility. Cast, well, a little bit of that. I mean, quite honestly, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to deflect any responsibility from, you know, as a producer or a production company, but you know, you, you cast certain personalities and people because they, they have, you know, certain yeah. personalities, right? Sure. Um, but, but no one's, you know, no one's going to put a gun at his head and say, you know what? You really need to pee on that toothbrush. No, um, they won't so, put a and, gun and, and to And by the way, head, the, but... you know, and then backing up a little bit, you know, to to your point of of you know the world we live in, um, social media, yeah, um, yeah. you know, um, that's all a double edged sword. I mean, too. you know, it, it's it's um, yeah, it's you know, everybody. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that movie, The Circle, yet, or have you? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah, me too, me too. And, and I'm, I've been reading more about it than I haven't seen yet, but. It's basically, you know, uh, part Google, part, you know, social media, part, you know, what if every single person had a camera on them 24 hours a day? I mean, you know, that's sort of like, you know, where our world is going. So, mm-hmm. um, so we, we all as individuals, production companies aside, need to take responsibility for our own actions um, because we're all under a microscope and a potential employer, uh, you know, may and not may, but they will go onto your social media profile to say, Oh, let me let me check out this person's pictures. Oh, let me go see what they're tweeting about. You know, and and that's that's <laughs> happening whether you're on TV or not. Right, um, I'm basically play, unhireable. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all we all are. To um, yeah, and that and that's a really unfortunate incident. Um, and and uh, you know, but um, but yeah, I think there's. Uh, I think there's definitely, uh, you know, uh, again, two-way street where the responsibility, you know, we're all adults, so we need to we need to take responsibility for for actions as well. Yeah. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I mean, I guess for me, whenever I'm talking about it, the real world always sticks out because when I look at, well, I was 18 when I did my show and I sure as heck didn't know anything about anything. Have you never been on a plane before? I had been on a plane once, but I mean, really, mm-hmm. that's pretty. <laughs> so, I mean, thank God I didn't do anything, but uh, I do feel for people that maybe don't have a, a firm foundation or, you know, have a discernment about what's maybe the best choice, because there is an incentive to behave badly on these Correct. shows. Because you yeah. know you'll get more airtime, and that's desirable to narcissists like us. <laughs> well, I, I'm okay. I mean, that's uh, that's that's fair. I, I, I will also say. I mean, that's fair. I I, I, I think that you know, again, there's a, a responsibility that you know individuals and adults need to need to take on. But I but I understand that. I, I think you know. Um, you know, the, the louder the, the bigger and louder the personality. Certainly, the more airtime you get. But, but again, you know, for me, what's 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 most important is that a producer isn't you know whispering in somebody's ear. And no I, way. I just want to make that clear. Oh yeah. That that's no, right. you know that that's not really how that's not how it goes. Um, yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody will will uh, 
act and 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 play and do um, as as they would without um, without being you know coaxed. Um, but I will say, you know, and my mom, may she rest in peace, even said to me, you know, before social media was a thing, you know, growing up as a as a you know a child of the '80s, uh, if I may, she said, you know, the mistakes you make in your youth will follow you the rest of your life. Um, and she wasn't saying that, you know, with uh, with the intent or the or the idea that cameras would be on me, mm-hmm. um, but just the fact that, you know, this is tried and true, and you know, I, I you know, I guess having cameras and being under the microscope will certainly magnify that um, in, in today's society, 2017. But uh, but it's it, it's an old adage, you know, the mistakes you make in your youth, um, you know, will will follow you the rest of your life, and. And, and, and again, I think it's, it is magnified now because some of those mistakes that people make in their youth um, are on camera. And, and by the way, everybody has a camera these days. It's, you know, I always say we don't have phones. We have computers that we talk on. Um, and, and, you know, so everything's documented and everything's on, on social media. And, you know, and it's, so it's important. Now, it doesn't mean that people should just be reserved and buttoned up and sit on the couch with their hands folded in the lap and, and, and not, you know, not have their opinions and not talk. But. But, you know, there is that, uh, that, you know, that responsibility to, to you, know, um, you know, curtail those mistakes because in, the, in that particular example with Preston, uh, you know, and, that, and it's unfortunate. It's terrible, actually. Um, but that one, you know, silly mistake he made, you know, um, did follow him and it, and it prevented him from getting a job. So and he might not have had a uh, mom like you did who told him, right. I don't know his family life, but not everybody's that privileged which is a blessing for you, but I don't, you know, I just think a lot of these high risk people don't have even the basic Mm -hmm. stuff, but let me ask you a more fun thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was, I, I am DBing you. Did you work on bachelor pad? (gasps) I did. I did work on bachelor pad. I worked on bachelor pad season two. I did all of the I did all of the games on Batch of Pads oh season two. Oh my god, that is yeah. so great! Yeah, because you <laughs> and, did the games on Inferno three that I was on, right? I did. Yeah, that was uh, Gauntlet three, South Africa, and then I did uh, in Turkey with Sarah. And I'm trying to think. Wait, were you? We, Mine was Inferno three in Africa. Yeah. Oh, Inferno three. Gauntlet yeah. three was Mexico. Yeah. So yeah. Inferno three was South Africa. And wait, were you guys in Puerto Vallarta? I was not. Were you, Sarah? We, we, were in, think, we went to Namibia, Sarah, Africa. Oh, you, think, okay. Yeah, I don't think Sarah was in Puerto Vallarta either, but it was uh, Turkey. We did Turkey, uh, Battle of the Seasons. Well, well. I so, yeah, love I the games on Inferno 3. You did a great job. Were you responsible well, you. for that bashing one on Battle of the Seasons where we had to stand on that platform? Was that oh, Battle of the Seasons? No, that was cutthroat. Never mind. You're off the hook. With the fish? <laughs> oh, no. There was, there was the fish one. Remember the fish one in Turkey? What'd you have to do? The to get fish? fish? What'd she have to do? Oh, like, that's right. Like, I was um, so good at it. I did. Like I had yeah, to smack won. somebody yeah. with a gigantic mackerel yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a mackerel, but yeah, it was a big a fish. Mackerel. I don't even know um, what a mackerel it was like is. The, it, was I'm like not a chariot. it was like the chariot dudes, you know? Um, oh, my God. That's right. God. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Um, yeah, no, they're great. I, um, I, I couldn't say enough good things about my experience on that show. Really? Um, some, you loved I, it. I lo- I, I still do. I mean, I, I watch it every week. You know, I'm, I'm watching the final right now. What do you think? Um, what do you think of the show? should watch our recap. I, I'm, I mean, truth be told, you know, um, I don't know how CT doesn't, like, you know, peel over from, uh, from all the cigarettes. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, That's guy, what I said. I said, I said I think, oh, people I only knew robot. what that man smelled like. 
Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, he's he's a, he's a beast. I I, lo- I love the show. I, I love it. Um, you know, I just came off of a, a consulting gig with them for the thirtieth season. That's coming out. Oh my out. god. Um, yeah, I love it. I just I love the experience. I love traveling around the world. I love working with all you guys. Yeah. I love the games. It just you know it's a well well run show, um, and John Murray you know really lets his producers you know um, have have the autonomy to, to to do you know to do to do what they do, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of talented people doing that. Um, and it reflects on how well the show is produced. And, and yeah, I just love it. I mean, I, I don't produce a lot in the field anymore. Um, I'm more developing and, and more here in Los Angeles uh, with with the family now. But uh, if there's one show I would certainly go back on the road for, it's it's the challenge. Wow, that is yeah. shocking. But, I mean, yeah. obviously <laughs> a lot of people... I'm on the other side of it, though. Right, yeah. and a lot of people <laughs> come back all the... The crew is... Uh, crew that you see the same faces well, all the, the time. Well, the crew is the coolest. Oh yeah, you would. Uh, if, yeah, I mean, so you know, Darren and 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 yeah, everybody. I, I mean, him. without saying names, like if you went back today, you know, they're still right. There. And that's a real testament and, to. It is a testament. Yeah, yeah. I love them. The it, quality. You're one of my faves too. So yeah. that's why well, I still follow you. you on social media. Oh, I love you guys. That's and, why you and, broke our also, heart on Twitter. I didn't mean to. I um, I just, you know, I just want to, uh, you know, I just want, I just want responsibility to be taken where where it needs to be. But I also don't want to dismiss that there is an inherent problem and and people need to be taken care of as well and and certainly coached slash uh, guided in the right way to avoid these things from happening because it's they're terrible. When That's they do. why I'm really glad you came on because yeah. I think here's what tends to happen in my experience: cast members say stuff that makes us sound ungrateful when we're not and crew members feel that we are ungrateful and they, you know, feel like defending the work that they do and all of the effort they put into, to making great show and treating the cast properly. So both sides are defensive. And I just think that we actually agree more than we realize that we just have different points of view. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think we, well, we certainly have different points of view because we're coming at it from, right. you know, two opposite sides. Um, but I think that there is obviously, uh, you know, again, the responsibility that we both are, are feeling um, and the dialogue that needs to be happening um, early on so we can, you know, try to prevent things like this from happening, you know, in the future. And, and by the way, um, if it does happen, you know, um, I, I think that there, you know, that, that, that a production company, you know, can help um in many instances and and um and and i don't know if cast members you know i haven't had the experience of anybody coming back Mm -hmm. after the fact you know uh, looking for guidance or needing help um it just hasn't happened uh at least hasn't fallen on my plate per se as a producer um but but yeah but i but i certainly don't think um you know i don't think that the entire onus and responsibility is on the production companies but in the same breath i don't think that they should you know, turn their backs on, on the cast members that they've brought on and, and put on television. Either. Well, if I'm ever homeless, I'm calling you. Um, well, you know what? I, I'm, I, have, I have plenty of room in the house. We, we, we have I know. You have a gorgeous two- house. Oh, See, I, I'm like plotting now. Um, Scott, we ask everybody I mean, that comes on the show one question at the end, which is, yeah. It's really hard hitting. I don't want to scare you, but we yeah. want to know what you keep in the trunk of your car. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, not hard hitting at all. In fact, <laughs> we, we, we should develop a show together. Um, I, I wanted to develop a show called Junk Drawer and just go around the country to people's houses. I'm telling you, there's, there's that's a, a great I, idea. I agree. I know. I yes. know. Like, well, I mean, how many, how many, who doesn't have at least one? I have two junk drawers. I call and, it and the I'm VIP working, drawer way, as I'm a very important third. place. Yeah, like we could do like the battle of the block, and, and everybody's <laughs> everyone in the block is like, all right, who has a you want a thread in the junk drawer? Go! Oh out. my god, that's so fun! It's like um, a scavenger hunt in your drunk drawer. Right? I'm already excited about the show. Um, but but yes, to to to, to get back on track, is, <laughs> I, I could definitely digress. You know, in my trunk, uh, typically there's a ball of some sort, soccer ball, football, um, sometimes golf clubs. Um, but with the kids now, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of tote bags for the, for the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, you know, some, some tools for the car and, you know, maybe some lubes and oils and stuff if I ever need it. Yeah. Um, and stro- yeah. Not, well, not, not, not <laughs> oh, well, for the okay. car. For the car. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> judge either way. And, um, yeah, don't judge me. And, uh, and, and yeah. And, uh, strollers. I mean, a lot of strollers. Right. So yeah, not as not as exciting, uh, other yeah. than the lube, but for the car. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, some soccer balls and you know, and every now that. and then I'll find like a random animal cracker that my son. Oh, has. always <laughs> animal cracker, um, French fries, Cheerios, <laughs> yeah. goldfish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Goldfish. I like that. So yeah, it's um, it's it's um, it's your own daddy duty. It's baby accessories and Aww. and sports and sports paraphernalia. Well, that's see that suits you and because hats. I we... have a lot of hats. Okay, yes. you're ready for nets. Oh, yeah, for the sun. Sporty, yeah. sporty. We believe that what's in the trunk of your car represents where you are in your life. So <laughs> this is uh, apropos. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on and for talking to us. And yeah, I hope I hope I answered all your questions. And, you did. Uh, and, and I mean, it was fun. It's important to note for the listener that we paint with a broad brush, but there are fantastic production members and fantastic yes. cast members, and then there's garbage people on both yeah. sides too. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah, best there's, way. There's always a few bad seeds. Yes. Yeah, but Scott's a good guy. So, well, do you want I mean, people to follow you on Twitter or anything? Of course. Yeah, tell Why, them your I handle. Love it. Uh, you can follow me at, at Scott Pascoff, S-C-O-T-T-P-A-S-K-O-F-F for Frank Frank. And my production company is Cedar Shore Productions. Right. You'll, we'll it's send the, the Brainiacs over. It's the block you. I grew up on. Oh, yeah. We're going we're oh, to get Roddenberry cool. going. And you guys, we, we should do this again. And um, Anytime you want, you want to talk pop culture production tv anything um i'm I'm happy to to partake it's a deal thank you so much for coming on the show yeah thanks guys bye scott talk soon